One of the most challenging things to do as a priest is to visit the elementary school class and answer the questions of the little ones. They, some classes are so good at asking questions. And of, out of all the, the difficult questions that I get, there's one that I find most awkward and most sensitive and most challenging to answer in a way that they understand. And the question is usually asked by little girls, and it's, it's something along the lines of, why can't women be ordained Catholic priests? It's a great question. Women are just as smart as men, just as talented at public speaking, often more compassionate and faithful than men, and much more attractive. So why can't we just allow women to be Catholic priests? Is it just because the Catholic Church is behind the times and needs to get in touch with the modern world? Some people might think that. Or maybe some people might think, you know, the leaders in the church are just stubborn males and they won't change their ways. Others might think that too. Some people try to answer this question, why can't women be Catholic priests, by saying, well, Jesus only chose men to be his apostles, and he only ordained those men at the Last Supper. And so the Catholic Church is just staying faithful to what Jesus did. We don't have to know why, we just do it. And that's a fair argument to make. It's an argument from authority. Uh, but with little kids, you know, they like to ask the question, why? Why, 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 why? And so that answer doesn't really satisfy the why. And I agree, there has to be an inner logic, a deeper reason for why only men can be ordained Catholic priests. Otherwise, it's just kind of an arbitrary rule that some might consider unfair. Christopher West, he put it this way. He said, the only essential difference between a man and a woman the only essential biological difference between a man and a woman, only men produce sperm and become fathers, only women produce ova and become mothers. That is the essential biological difference we could say between a man and a woman. And so unless priesthood has to deal exactly with that, with maleness, the ability of a man to produce sperm and become a father, then we could say it's unfair. It's just a matter of maybe unjust discrimination, that women can be priests. But that's exactly the reason why women can't be priests, because priesthood has everything to do with men's ability to produce sperm and become fathers. I bet you never heard that before, at least not at Mass. Okay, to support this bold claim that priesthood has everything to do with maleness, everything to do with the ability to produce sperm and become a father, we have to understand a little theology of the body, theology of the body. And to explain this theology of the body, I have two books from Madar here. He just brought over two books. Okay, we have a Bible here and a notebook. Okay, this blank notebook, it represents the culture's view of our body. This represents the culture's view of our body, and the Bible represents the Catholic Church's view of the body. So this notebook is what the culture views the body. It says, the body has no meaning. It's a blank notebook, and you can write the story of your life however you want. See, Madar has some writing here. You know, you can, you can tell the story of your own life, and if you don't like it, you know, you could just, you could just tear out a page and start over again. 
That's the culture's view of the body. Do whatever you want with the body. It has no meaning. You get to choose. And if you want to tear it up and start over again, you're welcome to do that. In contrast, the Catholic Church is represented by this Bible. It says that no, from the first page of Scripture in which God made them male and female in his own likeness and image, to the last page of Scripture in which God incarnate, Jesus Christ, makes a marriage between humanity and divinity, the Bible from first page to last says no. The body doesn't have no meaning, and you can do whatever you want with it, like this notebook. It actually has profound meaning. It has profound meaning, because only the body can make visible what's invisible. Only the body can make visible what's invisible. God is love. This is an invisible thing that we believe. But in the body, that's where this profound mystery of God's spiritual love for us becomes real in the flesh. And so the Catholic Church says the body is not just biological, it's also theological, theological. The body itself tells a great story, and God has written that story, and we have to discover what that meaning is. We can't just write the story ourselves and tear up pages, because God made male and female for a reason, and in Scripture we discover what that purpose is. Now apply this to my bold claim. The Catholic priesthood is deeply, intrinsically connected with maleness, the ability for a male in the one biological thing he can do that a woman cannot produce sperm and become a father. Well, Jesus set up the priesthood for one reason. Jesus set up the priesthood for one reason. We hear it at the Last Supper. He set up the priesthood and he said, one reason. Do this in memory of me. He just celebrated the first mass, and then he ordained them priests, and he said, there's the only reason you exist, do this, celebrate the mass. That's the only reason priests exist, the mass, the Eucharist. And what is the mass? What is the Eucharist? The mass is the marriage proposal between Jesus, the bridegroom, and the church's bride. That's what mass is. The mass is the marriage proposal, the wedding between God and humanity. And so, for this marriage proposal to be valid, we all know the truth, that if you want a marriage proposal to be real, and you want this nuptial relationship to bear fruit, which is also very important, you need both a bridegroom, someone who can produce sperm, give seed for new life, and a bride, someone who can receive that seed and conceive new life. This is just basic facts. That's why... You know where the place that priests study to become priests, where men go, where Madar studies? Do you know what it's called? A seminary. It's from the Latin seed. He's training, he's learning how to give seed. That's what a seminary is for, a place where you're trained to become Jesus the bridegroom to give spiritual seed to the bride which happens at Mass. That's what he's training for. That's the whole reason he is at a seminary. And that's why in the Code of Canon Law, 1917 Code, it says this, that castrated men, men who have cut off the inability to produce seed, cannot be ordained priests. That's why Medard and I had to get a physical before we got accepted into the seminary. Because you have to have what it takes to give life in the flesh 
to have what it takes to give life in the spirit. Remember, the body's not just biological and it tells your own story. It's also theological. It tells a great story of God. And so what happens in our bodies are supposed to express what happens in the spirit, what God wants us to know. So that's why a priest can only be a male, because only a priest in his own body, in his own flesh, can be a symbol of Jesus, the bridegroom, who wants to give his seed at this mass to the bride in the form of the Eucharist. So for a woman to be an ordained Catholic priest would be a bride trying to conceive life with a bride. That does not bring forth any new life. It's not possible. So that's why priesthood has everything to do with maleness, everything to do with the ability to produce sperm and become a father. Now to take this point even further and make it really personal, why am I celibate? Why? In seminary, one of our favorite movies to laugh at is Nacho Libre. If there's any Nacho Libre fans out there, you know what I mean? It's a sports comedy drama starring Jack Black. He's this character, Ignacio. And Ignacio is a Catholic priest, a celibate priest, who dreams of becoming a famous Mexican wrestler. And one time, he's having this conversation about being a celibate priest, and Ignacio says about this, about being a celibate priest. He says, I get to wake up every morning at 5 a.m. and make some soup. It's the best. I love it. And then he says, I get to lay in a bed all by myself, all of my life. It's fantastic. Is that why I'm celibate? To wake up every morning at 5 a.m. and make soup for Father Hamilton. Is that why I did it? You know? No or no? No! That is not the reason why I'm celibate. I, the reason why I'm celibate is because Jesus was celibate. Jesus was the celibate priest. The whole reason he came was as the divine bridegroom to get married to not one woman, but all of humanity. And so as a priest, I'm standing in the person of Jesus, the divine bridegroom, and at this mass, through the Eucharist, which is the marriage proposal to humanity, to the bride, I'm giving my whole life. And it goes further. A celibate priest, because he's not married to one woman, is able to truly say to the bride, this is my body given for you. And as the bride is the church, you're able to actually believe it, that I'm not holding anything back. I'm not divided. I don't have my own separate life and this life with you. My entire life as a priest in my own flesh is being given to you in the person of Jesus, the bridegroom. So remember, our bodies are not just biological in which we can write our own stories. They're theological. And that's the whole reason why we have male and females to speak these truths about what God wants to do in our lives. Now, that being said, just because I'm a sign of Jesus the bridegroom doesn't mean I'm a good sign, right? Just because you're a sign of something doesn't mean you're a good one. We heard in today's gospel that there was a man who was stripped, beaten, and left half dead on the road, and what happened? A priest was going down that road, and when he saw him, he passed by the other side. 
how often I can, as a priest, supposed to be Jesus the bridegroom, reaching out to the bride to show her mercy, to take care of her, to nourish her, and I can just pass by the other side. So please, as the bride, as the church, you got to pray for us as priests. You got to pray for us. You know, Ignacio said that he gets to sleep in his own bed by himself uh, all of his life. Well, for priests, you know what the, what the marriage bed is? It's the cross. That is where we're supposed to find our rest, in being crucified with Jesus, to make a complete gift of our lives for the bride. That's what it looks like. That's what St. Augustine said, that Jesus took the marriage bed of the cross to lay down his life for the bride. And every priest standing in the person of Jesus, the bridegroom, has to do the same, or else he won't bear new life. So you got to pray for me, really, and every single priest, because we can be bad signs, and then the bride is lost. The bride doesn't see the purpose of life that God himself became flesh as Jesus, the divine bridegroom, to give his life for you. And that's what's supposed to happen at every Mass. So if I'm not a good sign of Jesus, the bridegroom, you come to Mass and you're lost. You don't know the reason why you're here. Mass is the renewal of your wedding vows with God. And I stand in the person of Jesus, the divine bridegroom, the Son of God, intending to give my life to you. This is my body given for you. You're supposed to see clear signs that this is where you're renewing your wedding vows. The two are becoming one flesh. But if I'm not a good sign of Jesus the bridegroom, then you get lost. And you're here at Mass and you don't know what you're doing here. So I need you to pray so that priests are good signs of Jesus the bridegroom. So that when you come to Mass, it's so clear for you that I'm laying down my life in the person of Jesus Christ, the bridegroom, so that you may have new life, so you may conceive of that spiritual seed and produce abundant life. That's why Jesus came. He said, I came that you may have life and have it abundantly. And if I'm not a good sign of that, it doesn't make sense. You get lost. So you have to pray for us as priests that we are good signs of Jesus, the bridegroom, to finish, on Monday, I hiked the Grouse Grind with some friends. And it is really hard. If anyone's hiked the Grouse Grind, you know it is really, really, really difficult. But along the way, there are little signs pointing you this direction, that direction, saying, you know, you're one quarter of the way when you feel like you want to die. But you, every time you see a sign, it's like, oh yeah, I'm closer, one step closer. Oh yeah, I can do this. The whole purpose of life, life truly, it's like a grouse grind. It really is. Life is grueling. And the way to get to heaven is difficult. Jesus says the way is narrow and the path is hard that leads to life. That sounds like the grouse grind to me. And if we don't have clear signs saying, go this way, you're almost there, we get lost and we want to turn back and give up. Well, the priests are supposed to be these signs. That's why I gave up marriage. 
so you may see along the difficult and narrow path that leads to abundant life that it is worth giving up marriage for. That the goal of that mountaintop experience of heaven is worth giving up everything for. That's why I'm a priest, to give my whole life so you may continually see signs on the difficult path up to heaven that it is worth it. It is so worth it. That's why I'm a priest, and that's why you got to pray for me. 